I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements. Featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Three days in Denmark and the riders and teams are now making their way to France where the real meat of the tour can be found. Denmark did itself proud though, three days of wonderful scenery, incredible crowds and some not bad racing. I'm joined by ruler editor Ed Pickering and James Start is actually out there on the route of the tour for Ruler. Uh, James, first of all, how was Denmark for you? Uh, well, outside of the fact you can't get dinner after about nine o'clock at night, it was pretty great. Um, I mean, the crowds were just sick. I don't think I've seen anything like this since Yorkshire. Um, the only other brand that they probably that would compare to this. I mean, it was just a sea of people all along the road every day. The rains of the prologue or the time trial didn't do anything to dampen the spirits. It was really impressive. They were so happy to have the tour and there was so much love. It's, 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 it, it, you know, you just can't, you couldn't, you could not ignore that. I think they, you know, they're the first time the tour has ever been here. Right. And they know it might not be coming back for a while. So they wanted to like make it all of the sports and they did a great job. Let's have a, a look at some of the racing. The first stage, uh, the individual time trial, uh, lots of teams uh, were said they were kind of gaming the weather, you know, gaming the start times, trying to miss the bad weather, but most of them, um, got the weather wrong. Um, ended up with a victory for Eve Lampert. Um, Alex Dowsett was saying yesterday it wasn't a surprise that he won, but for for most of us it was, wasn't it? Uh, I don't know if it's a surprise with with Lampert. It's it's the kind of surprise that at the time seems surprising, and in retrospect seems oh actually yeah that's that that makes a bit of sense. Because he's a good time trialist, first of all. He's won the national championships in Belgium. He I, I look back over his results and he's come fourth in a TT in the Vuelta one time. So when he when he lets loose, he's a good TTist. Add to that the fact that I think the rain levelled the playing field a bit in Copenhagen. It, he didn't get any easier conditions than the rest. I'm not saying that. I think what happens is that the, the, the favourites have to kind of just ease back a bit. Um, they know that they, they can easily push their gear beyond its limit, as Stefan Bissiger um showed and that allowed you know just allowed a few more names into the fold and i think in his case i think he attacked he attacked the circuit hard through through all caution to the wind and and just kept on the right side of the risk rewards line and ended up with a deserved victory i I think you can't say that he was lucky in any way I, i think he beat everyone fair and square if it had been dry maybe he wouldn't have won but you know that the, the race, the race is the race. He he won it justifiably. Let's not forget that he is Flemish. 
he is well versed in riding in the rain. I've been to his actually to his farmhouse up up on the on uh, up in Flanders, uh, East Flanders, and I mean the guy trains in bad weather all the time. He's used to that, and he's used to riding on all the cobbles in bad weather. So, yeah, I think the combination of what you said, uh, leveling the play young field a little bit, some guys maybe not taking quite as much chances. Him being very good in the rain and his, those sorts of conditions gave him the greatest victory of his life. And I mean, I couldn't have been happier. He's such a nice guy and knocking on the door so many times, so many times he's had to suck it up and, and sacrifice himself for the team. to sort of finally get a big win here was just really great. I can't imagine the rain was particularly welcome, James, for you and for the rest of the sort of press team and the uh, photographers and film crews. Well, um, no, it really could not have come at a worse time. I, I scouted out the course in the morning. Things looked good. Uh, I did take my rain jacket because I did look at the weather forecast. And as soon as I found a corner that I liked where I could get several perspectives, and then almost as soon as I sat down there, it just started coming down. And I was like, okay, I got four hours. I've got to try to continually shoot protect my equipment and not catch a cold. And I was, it was pretty hairy for a while, but um, the, the rain after the favorites left, it did calm down a little bit. And, you know, I was able to work and, and we all, you know, that we had to do, but yeah, those, those are really hard conditions. You're constantly trying to protect your, 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 your equipment. And yet when you're doing that, it makes it everything so cumbersome and hard to work with. And, and it slows you down. But at the same time, this is the beginning of the tour de France. Last year, on the, I was on a moto for the two stages in the Alps in the rain, and I lost a camera and a lens. About $4,000 just went down the drain, uh, so to speak, because it just took in so much water and it just couldn't recover. And I was like, oh, my gosh, if I start out the tour like that with four hours in the rain, I could be in for a very hard tour. That was followed by two flat stages, which, well, I mean, the whole of Denmark is pretty flat, isn't it? But um, two flat stages, which ended in a bunch of sprints. An absolute Hollywood script, uh, wasn't it? The, you know, uh, consecutive victories for uh, Jakobsen and Groenewegen. Um after what happened at the Tour of Poland and, you know, their str- both of their struggles to get back. Uh, you couldn't really have written that script, could you? No. And I think y- Jakobsen, we've been waiting for this for a long time. You know, his, his, his comeback story is, you know, one of the most compelling we've had in years. And, you know, there was a bit of, a bit of soap opera with um, the team when they were going to take Mark Cavendish as well to the Tour or not. But that's, you know, that's not really Jakobsen's concern. He's been, you know... He, his entire career has been building to this. Um, the story, the narrative has been building t- to this since his terrible crash at the Tour of Poland a couple of years ago. And it just felt so redemptive and positive and encouraging that, you know, somebody can overcome odds like that and win a stage. And he he made it look relatively straightforward. I mean, bunch of prints in the Tour de France are so messy these days. And it was his first ever attempt and he came through and won. And then... Grunewagen winning the next day. I actually found the second day sprint um, very interesting, a lot more interesting on a, on a tactical level. There was a lot going on in that finishing straight and very, very close sprint, which was very well reflected in James's photograph um, of, the, of the sprint from the side. Could have gone any one of three ways, that sprint. And we also had Sagan coming up fast on the barrier. But Grunewagen, who was obviously the other protagonist in the uh, Jagobsen's crash was the winner it kind of gave it an extra layer of meaning and i i've i found myself watching grunewagen's reaction it was obviously he was obviously very emotionally affected by 
by by the victory and it it wasn't necessarily pure unfiltered joy that was coming through there was a lot there a very complex reaction and I think there's a lot there still to unpick I think there is in a sense a line now to draw you know we can they've both won their stage we can move on now but I, I sense that this story is kind of so it's so meaningful it's going to hang over them both for a lot a long time to come and I, I think that's natural I, th- I I don't think it's a case of anyone overemphasizing it or pushing it too much I, I think you know I saw that in his reaction yesterday ex- incredibly complicated but you know that's why we watch the sports it you know engages us on on that level yeah they're just you know there, there was the, the great French writer and journalist uh, Antonin Blondin he came out with a book of his cycling writing called the irony of sport and, and and this is a case in point I mean there are just so many stories to tell on the Tour de France and both days there were huge stories with a, you know a huge backstory, and they both came together because they were the two, as you said, um, Ed, the two protagonists in this horrific crash in the 2020 tour of Poland, and and they both, I think, you know, have sort of come out and put that behind them with these with the with these these back to back victories. It was it was impressive, but I'm when yeah, I was like what 10, 12 meters from the line when I was when I got the shot, and and Van Art was still you know at least a shoulder length. Ahead, I thought he was going to get it, and then it turned out in the photo finish it was Groenewegen. So I mean, tremendous. I mean, this is you know classic field spring, but it's tremendous. I should say you can see um, some of James's uh, photographs and his updates and thoughts from the tour on the uh, Ruler Instagram feed and on Ruler social media. Um, now the favourites for the race, Bogatia and Roglic, um, so far staying safely in the bunch, trying to stay out of trouble. Uh, waiting for things to really kick off when uh, when everyone gets to France. No real indications so far, have there been, of, of you know what the GC is going to look like in a couple of weeks' time? No, not yet. And Vingegaard, I think you have to put in there as well. Those those three all had stellar time trials, um, especially you know, Pogachar, because of, of the three, he's probably the less, least suited for the conditions that he had to do. And he probably took, I think, maybe the most chances. They got, what, third? So again, third, it's only a second, half a second, whatever, but he's in front of the other two and there's a, there's a mental advantage there. Um, so we'll see some of the other guys though, you know, that we were, you know, Martinez, um, Daniel Martinez, a few others, definitely further back. Um, so I think the, the three there really confirm themselves as, as the heavy favorite. So we're, we're going to see where it plays out, but they're all right there in the game from the get go is what, what, what you expect because an early prologue or time trial, well, you never win the race. They're often telling, if you go back and look at the final results in Paris, often when you go back to the first prologue or time trial, even though it may only be a handful of kilometers, already the guys who were on the podium in Paris were at the front of the prologue. And um, so don't be surprised to see those three um, really right there in the thick of it for the podium for the next three weeks. Yeah. I mean, what's been true of this tour so far, you know, by dint of the parkour, I guess, is that there hasn't, there hasn't been much movement at all with G uh, with the GC. Yeah, you know, the the time trial put some gaps in there, and there have been two flat stages. But looking back to this time last year, I think after stage three, so many favourites had hit the deck already. That already, I remember this time last year, I was already feeling a sinking feeling in my stomach that the tour was already pretty much done and dusted because so many of the favourites had had you know bru- bumps and bruises and had had bad bad crashes. I remember last year Roglic went down early, Geraint Thomas went down, Jack Haig went down, 
Um, and that was before the race even got out of Brittany. This year, I think there was, there was that crash with about 10k to go took Uran and Haig, put them 30 seconds back, which is a bit of a split. But largely, you know, the reason it's been so tight at the top of the GT, there, there has been no movement in the stages, but also, thankfully, no crashes have of you know got in the way of things and yeah that that's a relief because it just means you know we've got stage five on the cobbles to get through yet and that'll that'll change all this uh there won't be all the favorites in such good position then i can guarantee that but you know the race is the race is primed and balanced why hello there podcast interruption alert but i will only take a few short moments to say that if you're enjoying this podcast you will love the regular magazine so if you're not a reader already then you can subscribe at ruler.cc for as little as six pounds per month if you don't speak northern irish that's six times 100 pennies and for the price of a few coffees you get regular columns from the wonderful ned bolting myself orla shinoui and some of the very finest independent cycling journalism there is all wrapped up in a wondrously beautiful publication Go to ruler.cc. I'll leave you to it. You can get more out of your rides this summer. The Hammerhead Carew 2 is the most advanced GPS cycling computer available with industry-leading mapping, navigation and routing capabilities. Free global maps with points of interest like cafe stops and campsites mean you can explore with confidence and on-the-go flexibility. Seamlessly and wirelessly import routes from Strava, Komoot and more. Change or reroute on the fly with turn-by-turn directions and upcoming climbs and descents, all in clear colour. For a limited time, Ruler listeners can get a free heart rate monitor with the purchase of a Hammerhead Carew 2. Visit hammerhead.io right now and use promo code RULERPOD at checkout. This is an extra Tour de France special, Ruler Conversations. I'm Ian Parkinson. Three days in Denmark, when the riders reach France, there's cobbles waiting for them. Not nice Danish cobbles, big, horrible French ones. And that might literally shake up the race a bit, James. I always love it when there's cobbles in the Tour. I think, I think, I think um, they should be there regularly. And they have been, actually, on the last few years. I think it's tremendous. I get bored very quickly with a, a Tour de France that's decided only in time trials and climbs um, as it was for so many years, you know, um, bicyclism is so much more than that. And I think you have to take that into account. And the organizers now uh, very much do that. Um, you know, even, even here, I mean, there was opportunity for much more dramatic racing, especially on the, on the opening stage going over the, that massive bridge. And I was out on the course as we looped around. I mean, there was, kilometers long kilometers along the seaside and the winds were stiff so i i thought maybe the race could blow apart at several points but it didn't and perhaps the the fact that everybody was just expecting this to be such a brutal stage they were all on their guard and and actually it, it wasn't or the fact that the wind was you know not really cross ones but more headwind um probably played into everybody's favorites a little bit but it was uh you know that that, that stage could have been something more but the, the cobbles the cobbles take no prison. You know, it's just they there will be losers in that in that day. And there's it could be anybody. Anybody who gets a flat is gonna lose time. 
because there's no coming back. I mean, it's not like it's, it's not like Harry Roubaix where you've got 20 odd uh, sections of cobble and flat early on. You can come back. You flat early on here. You're not coming back. I mean, it's it's full gas from the first section of cobbles to the finish. So it's going to be it's going to be intense. And you just have to cross. Everybody has to cross their fingers that they don't have any bad luck. Favorite moments uh, so far from both of you with me. Magnus Court. It's not exactly a moment, more of a more of a person and a, a state of mind. But I felt that uh, I have felt that the racing hasn't been that interesting. Um, it, it's it's just the way it is. The, the wind was blowing in the wrong direction. Um, to compensate for the racing not being brilliant, we've we've been given other things, and that's you know that's the beauty of cycling that there is always more than just the racing to look at. You know, there, there's. The racing on the on the big bridge might not have been fascinating, but for you know, if you're into civil engineering and architecture, it was a it was a beautiful, beautiful bridge. Um, going back to Magnus Court, I felt that his second day escape, you know, on his own, a Danish rider wearing the King of the Mountains jersey in front of some of the greatest crowds we've ever seen at the tour. That's what made yesterday for me. It, it was a a long stage with a lone break, a catch, and a bunch finish. The same, you know, I've I've seen hundreds of those in my time as a cycling journalist and cycling fan. But the extra special memory and the memory that will endure in years to come of the Danish Grand Depart, Grand Depart, and of this whole Tour de France will be that one Danish rider out alone in front of the Danish public. It, it's 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 almost unique. I'm trying to look back to another equivalent experience in cycling and I, I can't think of one uh tour of france is from france which is a, a catholic uh culture and uh i don't want to get religious here but as a result cycling journalists here uh in france often use words from 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 catholicism such as mass or um uh, you know a communion and in many ways this was this was a sort of communion between Magnus Court, Danish writer, and his fans. And he had all of them uh, in his pocket for 200 kilometers, and they couldn't have been happier. Um, that was, you know, the fans had just been one of the huge highlights. Other than that, I would have to say uh, the Jakobson victory is just so huge, and so everybody has to be happy for uh, him to have finally make it back here. And then on a personal note, um, I have to, I'm really um, happy to see Peter Sagan back in the thick of it. Uh, so many people counting him out, going to to the small total team. Uh, is he just signing to big for some big money and and a, and, a, and a slow decline? Clearly, he's hungry to get back in it. He he showed it winning um, a stage in the Tour of Switzerland. He's certainly lost some weight since the beginning of the season. COVID seems to be behind him, and he's been in the thick of it both days in the sprint. I uh, don't be surprised to see him pop one out here in the next uh, week or so, and that would be really satisfying for him too. James, have you been out on a moto yet this year? Are you going out on a moto at some point? For the moment, I have the four days in the Alps scheduled, so I have to wait a little bit. My back is happy about that. So we'll just have to do it and have to you know, cut off as much as I can with the car in, in between. We managed to do it a couple of times here in the opening stages. Uh, the cobbles usually give us a few spots. Um, so you know, I'll, I'll wait for my turn. From, from a spectator's point of view, from sitting at home point of view, it looks like a lot of fun, but I imagine it's, um, it has its challenges. Um, it is a lot of fun. That's what you get your best pictures. Um, but it's also where you get, uh, herniated discs and things like that. So, um, I hope to take it in turn. <laughs> okay. Ed, thank you for joining us. James, uh, safe travels. Uh, thank you for joining us as well. We'll talk to you again soon, hopefully on the next rest day, perhaps. Uh, there's also a ruler tech podcast out later this week. Listeners, we are spoiling you. 
Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. This message comes from BOF sponsor eBay. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee. And you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all. Jewelry that makes you look like the gem, or sneakers and streetwear so fresh every step feels fly. eBay gets it, so look for the blue check mark next to that thing you love, and be confident that every inch, stitch, sole, and logo is checked by experts. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms.